doctrine, and uh, we're still on baptism. I threw a couple of lessons in here. There's no way that we're going to go through all of this today, but uh, and uh, we'll be finished with it today. But you can take home and read some of it or all of it. We uh, when we talked about baptism, we said when you that there there are four there's four uh, aspects of scriptural baptism what we simply mean is that there's four there's four aspects that the bible speaks of when we say scriptural we mean it's biblical for baptism to be proper there needs to be uh, the right uh, candidate or person for baptism and and that would be a saved person. There needs to be the proper mode, and that would be immersion. Because when you go to Romans 6, you'll see that baptism pictures a death and a burial. And a resurrection. And shortly, in uh, next month, we'll we'll be celebrating Easter, though we celebrate the resurrection every Sunday. So, right, the right candidate, the right mode, the right reason. Not, not salvation, but. To identify, to, to identify with Christ, and we also find linked to, to that identifying with Christ, death, burial, and resurrection. We also see that when a person is baptized, the pattern of the Scripture is that they're added uh, to uh, the church, the assembly in that area, and the fourth aspect of scriptural baptism is a proper authority. And that in Matthew 28, he spoke specifically to a group of people and told them that uh, the all power or all authority is given to me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and make disciples, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Now, uh, primarily we're going to look at today that the, uh, the, the, the right candidate and uh, the right reason, they kind of go together. Uh, but what is the purpose? And it may be uh, inf- uh, shocking to you, may not be shocking to you, but a lot of um, different church groups will link baptism to salvation. That, that you need to be immersed, you need to be baptized uh, to be saved. And so that would automatically uh, go against the four aspects that we believe are biblical. And I'll just uh, read a couple of things here. Um, We'll uh, look at some of the uh, catechisms of other churches. Um, Let's look at first, uh, like the second paragraph. Baptists cannot accept the baptism of churches that are wrong on the matter of salvation. This is one of the doctrines that is vital to the Christian faith. Although it's not generally known, the Protestant denominations do teach baptismal regeneration as the following notes. And so baptismal regeneration means to be born again. And there are groups that teach that you need to be immersed in water or sprinkled with water to be born again. The Episcopal Catechism says, 
of baptism. This is full initiation by water and the Holy Spirit into Christ's body, the church. And so they say that baptism puts you into the church. God establishes an indissoluble bond with each person in baptism. God adopts us, making us a member of the church and inheritors of the kingdom of God. And so uh, the Bible tells us if, if we don't repent, we're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. And this, this statement from the Episcopals say that, that baptism does that. Uh, the Methodist uh, for Wesley, baptism clears the guilt of original sin. A doctor in Wesley believed wholeheartedly and which asserts that every person comes into the world in a state of brokenness and guilt. No one starts off in a right relationship with God. Baptism deals with that handicap and pays the way for further workings of grace. Well, it's only half true. You know, David said, in sin did my mother conceive me. We know that all sin comes short of the glory of God. We do have a sin nature. But he's saying here that baptism helps to clear away that original sin and, uh, and has saving qualities. Uh, I'll let you read uh, the rest of that. Maybe uh, <laughs> I just want to show you how convoluted things can get. But look over on uh, the next page. Uh, where it has the Church of Christ. And uh, I'm not going to read all this. I'm just going to highlight uh, the, the uh, capitalized words. Uh, Church of Christ asks, what must I do to be saved? The scripture is very clear about what it takes to become a child of God. Here's a simple plan revealed in God's word. And uh, for, for me... This is the most complex plan that I've ever read concerning salvation. First, we must hear the word. And we know that the Bible says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So, we, of course, we must hear the word. We must believe what we hear. Merely hearing the word of God doesn't save. And there's a, there's a degree of tr truth about that. We must repent of our sins. Sin is what separates us from God. Therefore, if we intend to seek God's forgiveness, we must be willing to repent of our sins, and that's all good. We must confess our faith. Those that wish to be saved must confess their faith in Jesus, Romans 10, 9, and 10. If we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Uh, Jesus himself said, uh, whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father, which is in heaven. And, and so, actually, that confession is not, they would say that the confession is a part of obtaining salvation, when actually confessing is after we've been saved. And then they say, we must be baptized. This is considerable religious confusion about baptism. Some think that baptism isn't necessary. Others believe they are saved before we're baptized. And uh, we're going to look at some scripture concerning that. And so to summarize them up, uh, baptism washes away sins. Baptism gives entry into Christ. Jesus, our authority, made baptism necessary when he gave the command of Mark 16, 16. And we're going to look at that. Uh, since baptism is for the forgiveness of sins, we are still in our sins and lost until we are baptized. And so you can have faith, but until you're baptized, uh, you're still in your sin. And so actually, the thief on the cross went to hell. Unless you want to put it in a different uh, time period, a different uh, the Old Testament time period instead of the New Testament. Okay, so what I want to do first of all is let's just, let's just look at some very clear teaching about salvation. Look at over first in John chapter 1. John chapter 1.
and verse 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And so the word receive and the word believe are synonyms in this verse. It's about receiving him for ourselves and it's about a belief in him, belief that he is the Savior. And then he goes on and says, which were born not of blood, and so this relationship with God that, that makes us a child of God is not through our family blood, nor the will of the flesh, just because I want to have it, it doesn't uh, give it to me, nor the will of man, that I can't will myself uh, to be saved, but God's going to have to save me, but of God. And so he's talking about salvation is of God, and not anything that I do. Then go to, uh, of course, the great verse, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And we know uh, in, in relationship to that, uh, Galatians says that we're children of God by faith. And so when he talks here in John 3, believe and receive in John 1, uh, he's talking about having faith in the Lord. Uh, Romans 10, 9 and 10, we quoted that, but let's go, let's go over into the book of Romans. And uh, let's look at... Um, Romans, well, uh, let's look at Romans 8 and verse 12. Here we have salvation and, and uh, baptism is going to be linked uh, later on in Romans 8, but... Uh, Okay, um, maybe we'll begin up in verse 7. For to be carnally minded is death, carnal meaning fleshly. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. That, that there's something beyond our flesh. There's a spiritual aspect that gets into the Holy Spirit. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, that we're enemies of God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit, and so that ye the spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. And so when we're saved, the spirit of God dwells in us. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of Christ. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. And so... Uh, for if we live after the flesh, ye shall die, but if ye glorify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And so it makes it plain here, nothing is ever said here about uh, baptism. Now, go over to... Uh, uh, oh, you know what? This, uh, none of this sounded right. <laughs> I told uh, Brother, Brother Wilson said that he was praying for me, and I said, well, I'm, I'm glad for that because I'm kind of rattled this morning. 
Okay, go back to, it's Acts chapter 8. I'm sorry. You guys just sat down there taking it like, well, he's trying to say something, but I don't know what he's saying. Uh, in Acts chapter 8. Huh? It's still out of Bible, so it's still out of Bible. Oh, yeah, well, we want it to make sense. Post it. <laughs> Acts 8. Philip has gone down into Gaza preaching to a guy riding in a chariot. And when they believe Philip preaching, uh, he's still in Samaria. He's going to get to, down into Gaza. And when they believe Philip's preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized both men and women. And so what you see here is that they, they believed and then they were baptized. As many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God to as many as believed on his name. And so the ability to become the sons of God rests upon this and not upon baptism. Now, go a little further here in Acts. Look down in verse 26 of Acts 8. And it says, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, go toward the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem to Gaza, which is desert. And he rose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, or Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had their charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in the chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read of the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I except a man should guide me? And desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. And the place of the scripture which he read was this, He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb dumb before a shearer, he opened not his mouth, and in his humiliation his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his death, for his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch Answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet of this, of himself or some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached the name Jesus. And obviously he, he spoke more than that, because as they went on their way, they came to a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest, with all thine heart thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And they both went down to the water, and Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. Well, the point is this, is that baptism doesn't, doesn't secure or obtain salvation, but it follows salvation. Now, what I want to do... These guys that we've read, I've hurried over quickly, the Church of God, the Church of Christ, the Methodist, the Presbyterian, they're not without scripture. And we're going to look at some of those scripture. I guess uh, one of the verses that we didn't read and we should have read, uh, let's go to Ephesians 2. It seems like that uh, Ephesians 2 is not as strong as it used to be in Baptist ranks. When I was a little boy, I learned John 3.16, for God so loved the world, and I could repeat it. But the next verse that I memorized was Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. It was the Baptist war cry. <laughs> I mean... It was, it was where, we, where we drew the line in the sand and said, this is where I'm standing. In Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, it says, For by grace, God's unmerited favor, are you saved 
saved from what? Saved from the wrath of God through faith that I exercise that. And that not of yourselves. That is, salvation is not of ourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works. I don't do anything to gain it. I simply repent of my sins. I put my, put my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, not of works, lest any man should boast. And so the truth of the scriptures concerning, I mean, we shouldn't really need any other verse but this verse. And so if you only memorize the little boy two verses, John 3, 16, and Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, you're standing on some pretty solid ground. And so there are some verses, though, that people use to justify a baptismal regeneration. Let's go to the first one in Mark chapter 16. In Mark chapter 16 and verse 15, he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. There it is. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. It seems pretty evident that uh, baptism was necessary for salvation. But uh, when when John 3.16 seems in conflict with Mark 16 and verse 16, then we either, we either have, a, have a Bible that's in contradiction or we're confused or we don't understand it and we need to search a little further. John 3.16, it doesn't seem to anything to be confused about there. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, and whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Very straightforward. So what does this mean here? Well, uh, this is the best, I tried to explain it the best way I could. This verse has been used to teach that salvation rests upon both belief and baptism. If the condition of salvation was faith and baptism, we would expect that the condition for damnation would be no faith and no baptism. But the Bible says, they that believe not shall be damned. It does not say that they that believe not and refuse to be baptized will be damned. And so what's going on here? Well, it's assumed that the true believer will want to follow the Lord in baptism. Understand what baptism is, is that to be identified with his death, burial, and resurrection, and to be identified with what he did in my life, that, that I was dead in trespassing sins, he buried my sins, and under the blood were raised to walk in newness of life of a different person. And so when it says this verse, what makes sense with the rest of the scripture is that he that believeth is going to be baptized and, and, and the, the sign that they shall be saved the sign that they're, they're saved is that they were willing to be identified with Christ in baptism it assumes the true believer will want to follow his Lord in baptism it's a matter of being at peace and comfort with God and, let, and I gave a little illustration here that may uh, explain it a little better. Consider the following. He that boards the plane and is seated will reach his destination. Boarding the plane is essential for reaching the destination. Being seated is not. 
but it's a whole lot more comfortable to travel seated. It's more enjoyable traveling to heaven in the will of God than out of it, implying that baptism is not a non It is important. It is important to be identified with him. If we can confess him before men, he'll confess us before the Father. And so it's not something that is required to obtain salvation, but it's something that is done to uh, show that we have been born again. All right, now look at uh, John chapter 3 and verse 5. Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus, and Nicodemus calls him good master or master, and, and uh, Jesus, instead of, uh, in verse 2, the same came to Jesus by night, Nicodemus, and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou dost accept God be with him. And so he's buttering his bread. He's complimenting Jesus. And Jesus looks at him, and he gets right to the point. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And so... Jesus is going to try to answer this. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I said to the except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said to thee, you must be born again. And so... Jesus, he says, Nicodemus is saying, well, how can you, I'm an old guy. How can I be born again? And so Jesus, is in this answer, he's saying that there is a fleshly birth, but there's also a spiritual birth. And, 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 and he's in saying that, he said that which is born of the, he says, you must he says, I said unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. How can a man be born when he's old? And Jesus said, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit. And so he says, water and the Spirit. And then, and then to explain that, to, to, to give us better understanding, he says, uh, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And so he equates flesh birth and water birth as the same. So what's he talking about? Well, all I know is this, is that <laughs> I'll give you this little story so I can wake, wake you up. Uh, we were living in Vancouver, Washington, and I was doing, doing uh, mission work, trying to start a church in Vancouver, Washington. And uh, my wife was pregnant, and she uh, had insurance in uh, a hospital. I forget the n name of it. Uh, it's a, it a group. Uh, oh, it doesn't matter, but anyway, we went out to all the classes about, you know, Lamaze and labor without drugs. And, uh, and we had a nurse that we're supposed to call. And uh, <laughs> so I'm uh, Mr. Cool here, and Susie starts to leak water. And that's a sign that her water broke, and you better get to the hospital. And so I called on the phone, <laughs> and this nurse answered, and I said, uh, 
we've got a little leaking water here. <laughs> she was kind enough not to say call the plumber, <laughs> but that's what she wanted to do. But uh, uh, I wasn't as cool as I thought I was. But the point is that a baby is born of the flesh encased in water. And so he's having to say, to be saved, you, first, you have to be a person, you have to be born. That was just born, and Nicodemus was saying, how can I enter again? And he says, well, you're, you're confusing this. There is a fleshly birth, that which is born of water, but there's also a spiritual birth. And marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. I'm talking about a, a spiritual birth. And so that's... Uh, the understanding that makes sense and that, that agrees with the rest of the scripture. Now, I think we talked about this a couple of Sundays ago, but look in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. Peter preached, they're under conviction, in verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And so the, the question concerning the sin that was revealed to them and they're acknowledging of that sin and, and they're being pricked in their heart, coming under conviction. What shall we do? And Peter said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And so, here again, what seems to be a real clear statement that, that there's two aspects of salvation that there needs to be repent, repent, and then it says to be baptized for the remission of sins. Remission means forgiveness. And as you, as you might remember from last time we spoke on this verse, for can mean for, for the word for can mean because of or it can mean in order to. I don't know, is that two O's? I, I always confuse T-O and T-O-O. Uh, and so what it's saying is repent and be baptized for, because of the remission of sins. We're, that's exactly what we find in Acts chapter 8, wasn't it? What doth hinder be baptized? If thou believest, thou mayest. Belief qualifies a person to be baptized. We can't, we can't be baptized to be saved, but we are baptized to identify with the Lord. It's, it's, a, it's a part of our, if thou will confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thy heart. Baptism actually is a, is a form of confession. It's identified that I I'm am I'm a, a Christian. Now go over to Acts chapter 22. In Acts chapter 22, we have Paul at Ananias' house having uh, 
Okay, let's, well, let's just read this. And Paul's on his way to Damascus to persecute Christians. And in verse 6, And it came to pass that as I made my journey and was come nigh unto Damascus about noon, suddenly there shone from heaven a great light round about me. And I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying unto me, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And I answered, Who art thou, Lord? And so there's something taking place in Paul's life when he rejected Christ, he persecuted Christ's followers, but now he's calling him Lord. And he said unto me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom thou persecutest. And they that were with me saw indeed the light and were afraid, but they heard not the voice of him that spake to me. And I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said unto me, Arise and go to Damascus, and there it shall be told thee all things which are appointed for thee to do. And when I could not see for the glory of the light being led by the hand of them that were with me, I came into Damascus. And when Ananias, a devout man, according to the law, having a good report of all the Jews which dwelt there, came unto me and stood and said unto me, Brother Saul, we could go back earlier in the scripture and see how God had spoken to Ananias and said, you need to go, there's a guy down here, you need to go see him. And when Ananias got there, he didn't say, oh, you persecutor of Christians. He didn't say Saul of Tarsus. But he said, brother Saul. Brother how? Was that his brother? Well, no. It was uh, spiritually a brother in the Lord. Receive thy sight. In the same hour, I looked upon him. And he said, The God of our fathers hath chosen thee, that thou shouldest know his will, and see that just one should hear the voice of his mouth. For thou shalt be a witness unto me of what thou hast seen and heard. And so he's telling him, I've chosen you to be a spokesman for me. Now why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized. Because he was truly born again, he needs to be baptized to identify, to make a statement, to show that he was truly born again and wanted to identify with Christ. And wash away thy sins calling on the name of the Lord. Now, what is going on here? Be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Well, you're going to have to get the uh, phrases that need to be connected, connected. When he says to be baptized, of course we understand that that's immersion in water, picturing the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. But when we are, when we, whenever a person is born again, we try to disciple them uh, and give them a good foundation to grow on. And one of the very first, first things that I do when a person is newly saved is to tell them how to deal with their sin. Because when, when, when I was first saved, there was a joy that I was forgiven. I didn't have to cringe every time they gave the invitation. And there was a, there was a peace with God. But also there came a great disappointment in my life when I sinned against him. And so I need to know how to deal with that. Well, he's instructing Paul how to deal with that. 
that we are we are to um, be baptized, wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. That we wash away our sins after salvation by calling on the name of the Lord. Do we have anything else that agrees with that? Well, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess that he's talking to Christians, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so he's instructing Paul, you need to, you know, when a person gets saved, then we teach him, you need to be baptized, not to obtain salvation, but to display that you have been saved, that you're, that you're a child of God, and you need to understand how to deal with your sins when you sin after you're saved. Call upon the name of the Lord. All right, let's go to Titus. I don't know if I'm convincing you or not, but uh, we can't have it both ways, all right? You can't have it. Salvation is by grace through faith, and then salvation is by baptism. All right, Titus 3. Titus 3, a little more complicated. Um, he's talking about salvation. And he says in verse 5, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Now, there's nothing really complicated about this verse. All it is doing is just explaining from God's side of it what happened in salvation. But, but those who want to hold to works for salvation, that want to hold that baptism plays a role in salvation, clings to this Washing away uh, your sin. The washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> God saves us by his mercy. Ephesians 2, 1. When we're saved, he washes us in regeneration that we're made clean. What does it say in 2 Corinthians five seventeen? If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. There was a washing that took place in me in salvation. It didn't take place with me in baptism. I never felt any different or any more spiritual after I was baptized. I did feel like that I obeyed the pattern that the Bible portrays of salvation first and then baptism. And so Titus 3, 5, don't, don't let, let yourself be run over by baptismal regeneration people is simply saying that God washed me and he renewed me, made me new in the Holy Spirit. All right, 1 Peter 3.21, a little more difficult verse. Oh, I run out of time, so listen. <laughs> I don't really know, want to explain this one. It's, it's a little more complicated, but First Peter three twenty one. The like, <clears throat> um, okay. Let's see. Verse twenty, which sometimes were disobedient. He's talking about Old Testament, when once. The long-suffering God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. We know from the typology that the ark typifies a place of salvation. Noah and his family were saved 
and the, and the ark, there's only one door into the ark. There's only one door to salvation, Jesus the door. So the ark, the boat, typifies salvation. And he says, the like figure were to even baptism that also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so here we have a statement that baptism doth now also save us. And so that settles that. But the, the important words are to be noticed here. The like figure. It's a figure. Baptism is a figure. Just as Noah being in the ark is a figure of salvation, baptism is a figure of salvation. And then it says, it doesn't say that, just keep in mind it says the figure. And then it says, not the putting away of the flesh, not putting away the filth of the flesh. The baptism, it may, he really is making, emphasizing to make it more clarity here. He said, baptism doesn't wash away the filth of the flesh. And, he may, and, he, and you can't be any more plain about that. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh. Only Jesus Christ can save us from the filth of the flesh. But the answer of a good conscience toward God, a good conscience. You see, uh, when I uh, was baptized, I knew that the biblical example is that I ought to identify with Jesus Christ and baptism gave me a good conscience. I left that baptistry knowing that I had done and participated in something that personally identified me with Christ. And you know, uh, sometimes I've wondered whether all of our baptisms should take place on a busy Saturday afternoon at China Lakes. Because I'm identifying with Jesus Christ. And I want the world to know I'm identifying with Jesus Christ. The problem is, uh, a lot of times, at least three months out of the year, maybe four, Chino Lakes has three to four foot of ice on it. And so, what is this talking about? Not putting away of the filth of the flesh, but it's again talking about being identified with Christ and giving me a good conscience. And so, you can read this a little further, a little deeper, uh, if you want. We get over, uh, you can, you can uh, read about alien baptism. You see, there's some, when, pe when people want to come to our church and join our church, then we see they that gladly received the word were baptized and were added unto them. The baptism proceeds being added unto our church. First Corinthians chapter 12, 13, by one spirit are we all baptized into a body. The baptism, water baptism, puts you into a local body. But, but there has to be some requirements. And, and a person comes, like uh, a person comes and they want, they want to join our church. And, uh, well, we know that baptism is a part of ch church membership because we can see that from the verses I quoted you. But, but uh, we ask them, well, have you been baptized? You know, they want to join our church. And one of the, one of the things for church, for church membership is salvation and, and baptism. And they said, yeah, I've been baptized. 
And we say, well, where, where were you baptized? Because remember we had one of the four requirements was authority and for the proper reason. And they say, well, we were baptized. I was baptized in the Church of Christ. And, uh, well, was you, were you immersed or were you sprinkled? Because we know only immersion can, can uh, picture death, burial, and resurrection. Well, I was, I was immersed. Well, uh, if you go into Bethel, Bethel Baptist Church, I don't even really call it Baptist Church anymore, they would say, come on in, as long as you've been immersed. But there's a problem. And the problem is this. The Church of Christ teaches you've got to be baptized to be saved. And so we, can't, we call that alien baptism. It's not biblical. And we can't receive you as a member because to receive you as a member is to receive also your doctrine. And we're not going to do that. And so that's some of the things this article talked to you about. There's much more we could talk about, but uh, I'm trying to get through this series on the church, so we'll move on. But I think that today you can see this. If you're depending on your baptism for salvation, you're on very shaky ground. And if you're saved and you haven't been baptized, then why don't you want to identify in a public way with your Savior? It's just an example in the Bible. And uh, we need to be biblical. Okay? All right. You're dismissed.